three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. This is Hunter. This is The Real Pineapple. I'm here with Colin. Colin, how are you, friend? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Dude, I'm excited. This is one of my favorite uh, podcasts we do each year. And if you've listened to us for a little while, uh, thank you. Uh, if you're this is your first time, welcome. Uh, this is our top 10 best of 2018, which uh, we usually like to do this after the Oscars, but... You know, Colin's been uh, Colin's been Mr. Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, and I, I just and, can't uh, stay in one place for too long. It's really true, but and then I've I've been you know life's gotten in the way, so we had to push back a little bit. But um, this will be this will be a fun podcast. I will say I'm excited about the honorable mentions because I know there's going to be at least one movie on my list that didn't make it. Uh, that's in my honorable mentions. You're gonna go what really like i know you're gonna have that reaction so i'm i'm excited to get your thoughts on my list and dude i'm curious to hear your list uh what i'll say too if i kind of throw it to you here i always find it interesting how sometimes people go you know oh, this is a bad year for movies it's a bad year for film and i went no it really wasn't it was actually quite an amazing year for film actually and Going through all the stuff that I just I couldn't find a spot for, I, I felt bad for a lot of these movies. It's like ah, like I wanted to find a spot for you, but I I, I just couldn't. Uh, Colin, yeah, kind of your thoughts on the year in film we just got through with. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people think that every year, like you know, man, there just wasn't that many movies I really liked this year, and I was I was starting to think that before I started putting this list together, but then once I really started getting titles on the list i was like oh my gosh there was a lot more than i realized i mean i had (laughs) i was for making a list of 10 i had 21 that i came up with that i thought all could have fit in there so i mean yeah 11 movies that i thought could at least have made you know the bottom of my top 10 list um weren't didn't have any room to make it so yeah looking back uh, I thought it was a, a good year for film. I thought there was lots of different categories. There was comedies that I thought were good. There was animated movies that I thought were really good. Dramas, action movies. You know, I think I have a little bit of everything on this list. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no matter what you like, um, if you asked me, I could give you something that you uh, probably would enjoy. So, for that, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about 2018. Yeah, man. So I will say I'm going to start off with a film that I think most people are going to go, that's seriously not on your list. Uh, it's not on my list. So kind of jump into our honorable mentions. We'll just kind of volley here and kind of see where, you know, where we want to stop the conversation. So um, a couple films from my honorable mentions. Uh, Sorry to Bother You. Could not find a spot for it. I love that movie so much we haven't reviewed it yet uh i think i'm gonna make a point for us to review that i thought that film was just fucking wonderful um 
Yeah, I, I, I love that movie so much. It's and really funny. It definitely got weird at the end. but It, was, it, it, it did, yeah. It was yeah. good. It made you think. But I love that it got weird. And to be completely honest, as someone who's definitely been accused of not sounding black, uh, I know if your first time listening, <laughs> I know it's shocking. Uh, the whole customer service voice. Do you sound like Patton Oswald when you are uh, on <laughs> calls? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Oh, dude, so there's actually a term we have for it at work. It's my NPR voice. It's like, oh, thank you so much for calling me. <laughs> like, it, it, nice. Oh, yeah, dude. I totally, yeah, I fully admit it. So uh, watching the movie, I went, oh, it's it's like it's me. I totally understand. Um, <laughs> nice. So love that movie. Couldn't find a spot for it. Uh, a Simple Favor. Fucking love A Simple Favor. And I could just, I could not find a spot uh, for it, uh, uh, Paul Feig, who I will be the first to admit, I think some of his films are just like I, bridesmaids. I don't get it. I just don't think it's very funny. Uh, that Ghostbusters remake, <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, you should you should listen to that review if you're listening. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, like I, I, I actually, will, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. So I try to be kind of like it's not great, but there's a couple parts and you were just like, I didn't like this at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just like, fuck this movie from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were not a fan. But, but dude, uh, um, you talk about, um, you talk about uh, uh, Blake Lively and you talk about Anna Kendrick. So Anna Kendrick, she was in one of my least favorite films of last year. She was in Pitch Perfect 3. If I met Anna Kendrick last year, I'd been like, why are you in these bad movies? I know you're better than this. And it was almost like she heard me, and she went, oh, I'll make something really great. Um, she's amazing in that movie, and Blake Lively. Their chemistry is fantastic, and the way it's shot, it's almost shot kind of like uh, like the, the colors are so vibrant and everything. And Paul Feig just did a great job with the humor. It is kind of, you know, uh, Gone Girl, except it's two girls, basically. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of is that same kind of formula, but... Uh, it's a format that really works for me. Um, and then I'm going to throw out one more honorable mention before I throw it to you. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. I couldn't find a spot for on my list. And when I showed this to my friend, they are like, what? And I was like, dude, I know. Trust me. I wanted to find a spot for Infinity War. <laughs> but, but the reason why, the reason why I'm not putting it on there currently is because it is part one of two. Yeah, it's um, not a complete it, story yet. Exactly. So if Endgame is just fucking wonderful, mm-hmm. Endgame will be on my list for this year. But I just, I couldn't find a spot for Infinity War. Like I said, it and you hit the nail on the head. It is an unfinished product. So I went, I'm not comfortable putting unfinished product uh, on my list. So, uh, Colin, throwing it to you, man. Uh, what are a couple uh, honorable mentions you got? Sure, yeah. So I had a lot of them, but I'll just go through three. Um, so... One animated movie, it's a, it's a particular style of animation, um, Isle of Dogs. Yes. Uh, that didn't make my list, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I really love Wes Anderson in general. I don't think this is necessarily one of his strongest movies, but it was still strong. Uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, just very charming uh, the fact that, you know, you can't really understand the humans. You're just understanding the dogs make, creates an interesting dynamic. Um, but I think for the most part, it was just the charm of the movie. Um, it was very wholesome and it was just enjoyable to watch. It also has, um, all of the Japanese culture that is, uh, also fun to see on the screen. So that one didn't quite make the 10, but, uh, definitely worth an acknowledgement. Uh, I also really enjoyed uh, mid-90s. 
Yes. yes, um, yes. It, it didn't quite crack the list. But uh, as a first movie from Jonah Hill, written and directed by, um, it was a pretty good showing for um, his first effort uh, in the uh, writing and directing <coughs> category. And uh, it, it was just, it, it did really bring you back. If you're a child of the 90s, it's very easy to appreciate this movie. It is. <laughs> uh, you know, it has a lot of the nostalgia that brings you back to that time. Even the way that the movie is presented to you, it's not in widescreen. It's in the 4 by 3 aspect ratio. The oh, same. look at you, film nerd. I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's in the same format that, you know, us as kids of the 90s would have watched most movies if you didn't go see it in theaters because you were watching it on your old CRT TV, yes, um, <laughs> either on VHS or on TBS or something like that. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, it was just a really enjoyable movie. <clears throat> Definitely worth checking out. Um, in addition to that, I had uh, a couple documentaries on my uh, uh, list. Is Free Solo one? Free Solo is one. That I was, love Free Solo. Free Solo so was... That, that is also on my list for, on, for honorable mentions. Yeah, that documentary is wild. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know how that person even exists. The dude that like free climbed the face of uh, I think it was El Capitan in yeah we will um, review Free Solo next week I love Free Solo <laughs> just watching that movie would like make my like it would make me cringe it would just thinking about doing it like when he's like halfway up and there's no turning back I'm just like right? this is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen <laughs> yeah no like so I got so. I remember I saw Free Solo in theaters, and people were like, and I was telling people, you need to see this documentary. And people were kind of like, yeah, it sounds weird. I'm like, no, no, no. Free Solo is fucking insane. It's like that, um, uh, what was that movie, The the, the Walk, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt did, where he's playing the, the guy who walks, like, from the... Oh, yeah, I actually like that movie. Yeah, no, it's like that, but it's, like, it's real. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, holy shit, this is horrifying <laughs> in every way. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and all these, like, professional climbers that use gear... Are all like this guy's crazy? Sorry, that use what? What's that? Sorry, that use what? That use like traditional gear. Oh, gear. <laughs> yeah, like John Glazer loves gear. Sorry, yeah. like gear. if you haven't watched John Glazer loves gear, watch John Glazer loves gear. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, my last thought on that was just like even those guys are like this dude's crazy. So you know that he's actually like insane. Um, and uh, yeah, the other one, I don't know if this is potentially in your top 10 um but it's won't you be my neighbor that movie just was like the most wholesome charming story of just a wonderful man um and everyone in the world should see it because that's just like the best of humanity on display um so yeah those are a few of my honorable mentions dude i love that honorable mentions list the one other movie i'm gonna throw out because i don't think uh, like it did pretty well at the box office which i'm happy about but you need to see it. Um, seek out searching. Searching is oh, yeah, amazing. That one was good. Searching is amazing, and just don't don't read anything online about. It. Just go in cold. Just go in cold, and dude, oh, our my theater was like <gasps> at near the end. It's oh, oh, searching is mwah, it's 
fucking gold. Love searching. So mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. feel like See, it would be a good experience to watch that movie on your laptop or on your computer. You know, like, I agree. Like just full screen it and then just like watch it because then it's almost like it, it's almost like a you know like a point of view type. You feel like you're the one searching through your desktop and everything. It, it was a really interesting concept of a movie. Yeah, and the concept actually worked because I, I I always get kind of like, eh, okay, you know, I, I think Blair Witch kind of ruined that for me, <laughs> where you know movies can can kind of have that gimmick and go like, eh, it's just substance, or you just lazy. But no, Searching is an amazingly well done movie. Uh, John Cho, man, um, Sulu, kids, yeah, Sulu, exactly. Like he <laughs> or damn. Harold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, is it weird that Harold has become such a great actor? <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> just kind of, once he stopped smoking weed, he just yeah. Well, came at a space action star and then a very um, clever father. Yeah, like I, yeah, I love that. I just I love that movie. So, uh, so if you guys again have listened to us for a while, you know how we do our top ten uh, best or worst stuff. So. Uh, we're going to go through our 10 through 6, both of us, and then we'll go through our uh, 5 through 2, and then, of course, dive into our number 1. So, uh, for me, my number 10 is Green Book. Uh, Mahershala Ali um, and Viggo Mortensen off of a um, off of a script uh, co-written by Peter Farrelly of, <laughs> of There's Something About Mary, which is trips me out that he and the director of it too um so here's the thing about green book um i get why people were upset that it won best picture i don't feel the venom that a lot of people felt or they're just like you know it's driving miss daisy 2.0 i really don't feel that strong about it um i thought mahershal ali was fucking wonderful and if we're gonna go ahead and be completely honest uh christian bale or Viggo Mortensen should have won Best Actor. Honestly, I thought should have went to Viggo. I thought he was fucking amazing in this. Um, and then uh, Linda, uh, Linda, I want to say it's like uh, Carlini. I want to say. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I've seen a lot. Of, yeah. Who I just uh, grandma's uh, uh, grandma's boy. <laughs> yeah. Too, right? Or even better film than Green Book, Grandma's yeah, Boy. So, so first off, I've had a thing for her since Freaks and Geeks, and she just developed into such an amazing fucking actress. Whenever mm-hmm. Bloodline I see too. Her, yeah, like, whenever I see her in something, I'm like, oh, thank God, she's in this. Cool. Like, this will probably be good. Um, she, she's great. She doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, but she does a lot of what she has. Uh, but the movie is really carried by the friendship between Mahershala Ali and Viva Mortensen and their characters. Uh, I really appreciate... The, um, the fact that Mahershala, I mean, his character is like, yeah, I need to go, like, I don't have to go to the South because, you know, I'm, I'm rich, bitch, but I, <laughs> but, but I want to go to the South. And so he hires a Vigo's character. And I really love that distinction, which is what I think keeps it from being a, a, a driving Miss Daisy because he didn't have to go down there. It's a very conscious decision that he's making. And it deals with some really... I mean, there's some racist shit that happens where I went, ugh, damn, like, it, it, you know, it, it, it's it's uncomfortable, and it should be, honestly. So, when people are saying, you know, oh, like, it's, it's driving Miss Daisy, you know, it's racist, I, I really didn't feel that. Um, I, I do wish there had been some more black people involved behind the scenes, but as far as the story and the film itself, 
I think it's so well done. And Mahershala, man, two Oscars already. Uh, if you haven't watched True Detective this season, he's going to get an Emmy, too. Because he's amazing in True Detective. And I'm only four episodes in. So, yeah. Mahershala is amazing. So, that's my number ten. Nice. My number... My number nine is a movie that Colin bought, and I just went, you know, I'm a little high. I'm just going to watch this because the cover is hilarious. Uh, Hearts Beat Loud is my number nine. Uh, so wholesome. I, I, Dude, I, so, Nick Offerman, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he has been, he was too good as Ron Swanson. Like, if there's a crime... That was his crime, that he was just too good in the roles of Ron Swanson. Because I think people forget how good of an actor Nick Offerman really is. Um, between this and you saw him in, uh, uh, oh my god, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, you see him in uh, The Kings of Summer. He's a really damn good actor. And he really got to show off a little bit in this. And uh, I had no idea that he was such a good musician. That was something I was like, oh, that's a surprise. Okay, that that's cool. Um, the chemistry between Nick Offerman's Frank and uh, Kiersey Clemens' Sam. Uh, Kiersey Clemens, by the way, she's been in some really uh, not great things. Uh, she's in Dope and Neighbors 2, which I, both, which I love both of those. But she's in also Flatliners, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen, <laughs> or at least in the last five years. So... But she has a really great singing voice. The music is amazing in this. I've actually, I actually have the Heart to Beat Loud uh, uh, playlist on my Spotify, and that's a that's a constant go to for me. Um, I thought Ted Danson, I'll be honest, he looked he looked like your dad in this, and that's made me laugh. I was like, I could totally imagine Sean just like running up <laughs> my <laughs> like, dad. <laughs> yeah, your dad. Just, that just made me laugh. But Ted Danson's cool. great in this. And kind of was like a, you know, like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, it's kind of like Cheers. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tony Collette, who I just, I, I love Tony Collette. Uh, her and Nick Offerman's, uh, their chemistry, I thought was just off the page, too. Um, a really kind of bittersweet, but a realistic ending with some great music, paired with some great music and some really great performances, that makes it my number nine. Uh, I, I I loved Heartbeats, Hearts Beat Loud. So that's my number nine. My number eight, uh, not just because of the irony of putting it in the spot, but because it's a great movie. Uh, eighth Grade, loved Eighth Grade. Uh, Bo Burnham, who the hell knew Bo Burnham <laughs> was going to be such a good uh, screenwriter? Crazy, I mean, right? And if you haven't watched Bo Burnham's uh, stand-up specials, he's uh, they're on Netflix. He's a really talented comedian. So, I, I mean, I wasn't overly surprised. But, you know, writing stand-up and writing a film, those are two completely different things. And he directed the, the shit, too. So, um, uh, Elsie uh, Fisher, uh, she plays Kayla. We talked about it when we reviewed this. Dude, I felt like I was her in eighth grade. Just, you know, like a you know chunky black kid who's trying to talk to, you know, to the opposite sex. Who has no confidence at all. And kind of just, you know, buries himself in whatever they can to go ahead and deal with their depression. Like, it, it really brings a lot of very real world issues uh, to a film. that I think a lot of parents do need to see this. If you have teenagers... You should watch this. You should watch it even if you don't have teenagers because it's just a great movie. But the the movie really does point out the fact that, look, teenagers go through a lot. And I thought I went through a lot as a teenager 
you know, when I was a teenager, I think going through as a teenager now would be even more difficult. So I appreciate the gravity that the film really kind of lays down. Um, there's, we, we talked about in the review too, there's a scene where I want to see the guys, I think he's a junior in high school or a senior, I can't remember which, but they, he starts getting to try to play true for dare and, uh, to, to peel the curtain back a little bit here, uh, as someone who waited quite a while before they, um, uh, how I put this poli- pol- uh, politely, uh, made Whoopi? Do people still see that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from, like, the Match show or something back in the 70s. <laughs> it, 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 sounds, it sounds good, but... Or, no, um, the I, uh, Newlywed game. There you go. Okay, oh, God, I'm <laughs> completely dating myself here, but, but um... Like I was in eighth grade, but, um... But, um... <laughs> thought you'd like that one, but, um... It deals with the uncomfortableness of someone trying to sleep with you and you saying no, and how, and I, I you know, I've only been on the on the dude side. I can't imagine being a girl and being like, "Hey, I I'm not feeling this." I'm sure most guys, unfortunately, have the reaction that this guy did, which was that of a grade A fucking douche snozzle. So, I you know, it it really plays well, and it just it's it hurts your heart watching the movie, but. At the end of the movie, she ends up in a good place. So that's my number eight. My number seven, Paddington Two. Oh my god, I love this band. Paddington so Two. I love these <laughs> movies so much. And apparently, we're not getting a third one. I guess we're doing Ooh. a uh, they're doing like an animated show, but it's still gonna be um, it's still gonna be uh, what's his name Ben uh, Ben Winsley, I want to say who. Um, uh, uh, ben uh, Wishaw, pardon me, I was way off. Uh, but Samsonite. <laughs> but he, uh, he's gonna, I guess, is gonna voice Paddington in the same animated show, which I'm like, oh, okay, that that that's cool. Um, the movies are just great, I, and I don't know how these films keep getting better. I thought the first one was great. Uh, the second one with Hugh Grant playing a parody of himself as a washed-up actor who's just trying to steal this. <laughs> this book that leads to gold. I was like, yeah. I was like really? This is the plot of this? It's pretty but, good. But it's, it's so fun, and, and the family is so charming around Paddington, and it, it, it it's amazing how how well animated the films are and how Paddington just blends in to his natural environment. It's really a trip how good everything does look. And I, I, I know I brought up in the review, the end of the movie, man... The end of that movie, ah, oh, it gets me every time. I'm like, oh, damn it, you fucking bear. Like, it just, it makes me cry, but in the best way. I actually just bought Paddington on Blu-ray today, actually, because when, <laughs> when I was doing my list, I was like, I don't own Paddington too. I need to buy that. So I just, like, bought off Amazon today. But, <laughs> Perfect. Um, but, yeah, man, if you guys haven't seen Paddington, pa- uh, Paddington 2, Paddington 1 is on Netflix still, I want to say, or was last I checked. So, if you haven't watched Paddington 2, watch Paddington 1 first. It's really great. And then watch, and then go out of your way to get Paddington 2, because it really is a, just a delightful film. So, uh, that's my number seven. My number six, A Star is Born. Uh, first off, uh, fuck Bradley Cooper, because, I mean, not only does he get to voice a wonderful, adorable raccoon... And, but he not only he sings and he can direct too. It's like ah, oh, mother and helped write this. It's like oh, whatever. Like what a dick. <laughs> like say, save some for someone else. Watch, we'll launch a pod 
who wants to watch a movie review podcast next week? I'm like, ah! Like, but Bradley Cooper, though, he's amazing in this movie. And the way that he was able to, to direct Lady Gaga, um, she's incredible in this. I mean, again, you can make the argument, well, she's playing a singer, whatever. But if you've, if you've seen a Lady Gaga interview, she's very confident. Stephanie is not confident at all. And so, really, her flipping script, uh, wink, uh, <laughs> in the way she did... And turning out to perform she did, I, I thought it was just insanely impressive. The way that the concert sequences are filmed, it makes you feel like you're watching a concert in a movie theater. Like you're watching a live, you know, these do the live streams or whatever, like YouTube and all that. Um, and the first time they performed Shallows together, I was just like, like I was a, <laughs> dude, I was a mess, man. I was like, whatever, this is isn't good and the end of the movie is just the biggest well it's gonna be a quiet it's gonna be a quiet drive home (laughs) yeah it's it's gut-wrenching yeah it's like oh my god really like it's a rough ending but um the song that lady gaga sings after what happens happens is such a it's beautiful so sad it's so beautiful though it's just like oh my god this is insanely good uh yeah, if you and Sam Elliott, who I honestly, if Mahershala doesn't have his performance in Green Book, I think he wins Best Supporting Actor because I thought Sam Elliott was amazing in that movie. Um, and fucking Chappelle had a really good performance. Yeah, Chappelle little, was good for a little bit. He was in there. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, Chappelle was great in this. So Bradley Car- Bradley Cooper's character was so cool. He's like, yeah, you know, my old friend's Dave Chappelle. I can just show it up his house. No big deal. It's like you're so cool, Bradley Cooper. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag humble brag, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Absolutely love Star is Born. So that's my number six. Uh Mr. Colin, go ahead, man. You're ten through six. Nice. Great start to the list there, bud. Uh so we'll just jump right into this with uh, number ten. Um yeah, this seem, this may seem out of place to some people, but you know what? Gosh dang it. These movies are just so freaking entertaining. I mean, I can't think of many movies that are almost two and a half hours long, and I just enjoy every second of it because it's just uh, adrenaline shot straight to the jugular. Uh, and I'm talking about Mission Impossible Fallout, baby. Dude, no, dude, no judgment at all. We both <laughs> love Fallout. Dude, this movie is so good in every action-packed way. Right. Um, it's directed by Christopher McQuarrie again. He started out doing Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise and then um, <clears throat> uh, graduated, started doing these Mission Impossible movies. He did Rogue Nation, um, and his latest was uh, Fallout here. It looks like he's on board to do two more, in fact. Yeah, they're filming them back to back. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, I was looking into this. Uh, Tom Cruise originally starred as e- Ethan Hunt in the first Mission Impossible in 1996. God, so, that's a trip. <laughs> 23 years ago. Some of you may be listening to this and you weren't even born yet yeah. when Tom Cruise started playing Ethan Hunt. Um, so that's insane to me. I loved... I love that this uh, action series is just continuing on. Um, They do such a great job of it. Uh, In a world uh, that we live in now where so many things, so many action scenes in movies are uh, very heavily based on CGI, 
Um, I, I really appreciate uh, a movie like this one because you're getting um, some real stunt work done by the actual lead actor, Tom Cruise, who does most of his own stunt work. Um, you know, you, you can have your opinion about his personal life. And I'm sure a lot of you are not in favor of uh, a lot of his um, actions and decision makings, but damn it, when it comes yeah, to the big screen, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it comes to the big screen, he's got to be, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. And Henry Cavill, too. He was... Dude, that mustache alone would be <laughs> like, like say what you will about the shitty CGI uh, removing the mustache in Justice League. I wouldn't want to shave that mustache either. That mustache would look amazing. <laughs> yeah, that that was a power stash for sure. And, and I will say, dude, it's got one of my favorite action scenes in the last five years. That 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 bathroom fight. Like, the hype is real on that shit. It's so, so amazingly intense. good. And it's, like, dead quiet the whole time, so you just hear, like, the crazy sound effects. Such a good fight. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, so that was number 10. Um, moving right along here. Number 9. Uh, this is the only animated movie I think I got here. Um, yeah, so I was kind of like, I was like, I want to put one animated movie in for sure. Um, there was a couple I really liked. I mentioned Isle of Dogs. The other one that absolutely blew me away when I went to go see it was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah! Straight up, this movie was incredible um, for so many different reasons. Um, I think, so So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the directors who did this were actually the same directors that were fired from doing uh, the Han Solo movie. Is that correct? Yep, Lord Miller. <laughs> Which <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> yeah so i mean look look what a mistake that apparently was not that <laughs> seriously yeah not that i thought solo was terrible or anything i enjoyed but, solo but this is just uh you know it has everything you would want in a big popcorn flick um so sony was brilliant to get these guys on board and green light this um seems like they made plenty of money the, so yeah, that was smart really a sequel yeah, so that's awesome. But the animation style was definitely the highlight of the movie for me, just because I'd never seen it before. It was like a mix between a, a Disney Pixar and like a Japanese anime. Um, I mean, it was incredible. It was stunning to watch on, on screen, on the big screen. Um, the voice acting. I mean, you got Mahershal Ali in this too. I mean, yep. the dude is everywhere. <laughs> so um, that's cool to see him like in all facets, um, just, you know, uh, doing an amazing job on all fronts. A big fan of Mahershala. Um, Jake Johnson as the washed up, um, so good. fat Peter Parker was hilarious. Which people keep bringing up how fat he is. Yeah. And then, uh, Shameik Moore, the dude, um, voicing Miles. I mean, I don't, he was from dope, right? Is that where we know him from? So, um, yeah, he does an incredible job. So all the voice acting's great. You know, you got um, John Mulaney thrown in there. You got Nicolas Cage. Spider Pig. Yeah, yeah, Spider Pig. You got Nicolas Cage doing Spider-Man Noir. It was just, the whole thing was, oh, and Chris Pine was like the good, handsome, like, well put together Peter Parker. As well he should be. So I'm glad. I hope I hope Jake Johnson will always know that, like, the, the better version of him is Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> like, according to movie studios. So Aww. that's funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I had a blast with this. It was a great story. There was some good twists and turns in there. Very compelling. Um, you know, man, it was, it was borderline, uh, borderline, I liked it better than Homecoming, which is insane to me to even think that an animated movie could outdo, you know, a full budget, um, live action Marvel movie, but it was that good. 
That's fair. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, so we're going into number eight here. Um, yeah, so one of your uh, honorable mentions, I loved A Simple Favor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I watched it a couple times. I think uh, Paul Feig, who did it, very well done. He's clearly extremely witty and knows how to direct good banter between um, on-screen talent. Um, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you referring to? Uh, I was referring to Ghostbusters. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. You brought up that. Yeah. Um, right. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody has their uh, swings and misses, but... Everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in baseball, you only have to bat 300 to be really good. That's, you know what? That's a fair point. And I did love Spy, so... <laughs> yeah, there you go. So he's... Yeah, so, you know, he has his hits and misses. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, they were great on screen together. The, the movie just has like so much um, like quick wit, you know. Uh, it's it, it's fun. It's it's got twists and turns. You never know where the the, the movie's going. Um, I, it was really hard for me to predict what was going to happen next, which I always appreciate because in the time we live in now, where everything's been done and before, and you know, my subconscious is constantly like going back on all the movies I've seen as a kid and up till <laughs> this point, and I'm just like, where have you seen this scene before? You know, because everything's been done. So um, I appreciated this movie for kind of keeping me on my toes. Um, I, I always appreciate that. Some of my first loves of movies were always movies with crazy twists and turns in them, like Primal Fear, Usual Suspects, Fear. Fight Club, all these movies that really just like, you know, hit you in the teeth with a twist. I love it. Um, so this one did a great job. So yeah, that was number um, eight. Uh, number seven, you were just talking about it, Eighth Grade. Uh, in, yes, in, so that major list. Yes, yes. Eighth Grade is so good. It was like... You know, hard to watch at times, but it was hard to watch at times because I felt like it was so real. Like, I was just yeah. like, God, it's like I'm watching a documentary. It's like, this seems like a real thing <laughs> that would be happening. I was like, I can't believe, um, you know, how well these young kids are acting. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to um, to uh, 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 Bo Burnham, right? That was the dude. Yeah. yeah so you got to give a lot of credit to Bo. Um, he did a great job with this. You've got to give a ton of credit to uh, the the lead actress. Elsie um, uh, Fisher. Yeah, Elsie Fisher. I mean, for her to have the courage to do this role, you know, after going through a screenplay and really looking through all of the things that she has to do, um, and, you know, the close-ups um, when, you know, most girls would not want to even have a picture taken of them, you know, in their awkward younger ages when they have acne and whatnot. You know, I know I didn't when I, I had a lot of acne as a kid and in junior high and, you know, I didn't, I certainly wouldn't want to be on a, on a, a big screen, let alone a, a picture taken of me. So, um, she deserves a lot of credit for the, the courage that she showed by doing this movie. Um, and I mean, just the, the story, um, if you have any, if you want to get an idea of how kids um, get their information today and how much YouTube is a is a influence on our society, I mean, this movie will scare the hell out of you. <laughs> Dude, like the fact that you can you, you can search on YouTube how to give a blowjob. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh god. Like I'll be honest with you, I went, oh god, did my sister ever? Oh god, and I went down a rabbit hole. I was like, oh fuck, I don't like thinking about this. Like. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's crazy to to me to think of kids like being educated online because there's so much misinformation out there. So um, the movie was really eye-opening for me in that respect. So, uh, I mean, in so many different facets, I thought this was like an important film to watch. I thought it was entertaining. It was moving. Um, she finally stopped being a bitch to her dad at the end. Thank God. She was a bitch to her dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was, so, he was such a sweetheart. I love the dad. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a great movie. I, I've watched it a couple times now that it's been out, and um, I'll probably watch it a few more times. It's, it's that good. Yeah, all that. Uh, number six. Dude, this movie surprised me. This movie, like, I heard it was coming out, and um, I was like, oh, that's interesting, given the fact of who the director was um, and who wrote it. Uh, And I'm talking about uh, a little horror movie that came out called A Quiet Place. Oh, that's a great call. Dude, A Quiet Place is crazy. It was definitely the most surprising movie uh in a good way to me last year for sure um mostly because i heard like oh jim halpert's directing his own movie that he uh you know helped co-write and it's a horror movie um you know that's even crazier than uh or as crazy as jordan peele making um get out originally you know it's just like a complete 180 from like his how his career started um and then it got a lot of buzz being that it was good. And, man, I'm telling you, when I went and saw this movie in theaters, it was a packed theater. And the entire movie, you can, like, hear a pin drop. Like, people, like, wouldn't even breathe loud because it was just so intense. And um, the feeling that I had watching this movie in a crowded theater was not like any feeling um, I probably had gotten watching any other horror movie um, in that it was just relentlessly tense the whole time. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like overkill to the point where I wasn't, you know, very involved in the story and how this was possibly going to work out. Because in a situation like the situation that they're in, where they're in a post-apocalyptic universe where they are now hunted down by these monsters that basically are blind and can only find you if you make noise. First of all, that's a great concept. <laughs> that's, right? just, that's just insane nightmare stuff. Um, and then the fact that it's a, you know, a family, like a, a mom and dad with, with young children trying to navigate this new post-apocalyptic world. I mean, like, to say that you had a lot invested, um, and and the movie starts you off, like, like, boom, like, you know, it's not not that much of a spoiler, but I will say spoiler alert, just fast forward the next 10 seconds, but the kid just gets... Killed right at the start of the movie. So you yep. know how big the stakes are right from the get-go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had to put it on here. And w- once I put it on the list, I just kept bumping it up because I was like, damn, man, that was like a once in uh, a long time uh, experience being in that theater watching that movie. So yeah, that was number six, man. That's fair, man. Dude, so I will say, 
other regret of mine is I did not see A Quiet Place in theaters. I saw it at home, and I really wish I'd been in the audience to, to watch that, because, God, I, I I adore the hell out of that movie. And, dude, uh, Jim Halper, uh, John Krasinski, he is great as Jack Ryan. Like, that was something I went, oh, shit, okay. So, um, if you haven't watched Jack Ryan on Amazon, I highly recommend it. It's a great fucking show. So, uh, just on out there real quick. So, <clears throat> My number five through two. My number five. Ding, ding. Creed 2, baby. Fucking love nice. Creed 2. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, man. You just want to talk about, like, he had a hell of a year last year as, as Killmonger. And he, uh, he goes back as Adonis Creed. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, man. I don't know if he got hit in the head or what happened. But it was almost like he woke up and went, oh, yeah, I'm a pretty good actor when I tried. <laughs> so he went back being Rocky Balboa and the 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 kind of the surrogate like father son relationship that works between Creed and Balboa is so fucking amazing. Um Tessa Thompson, she's becoming one of my favorite people in Hollywood, period. Not only is she just a goddess, oh my god, whenever I see her, uh, but the chemistry that her and Michael B. Jordan have is off the page and to date someone with that big of an ego, which Creed clearly has, you have to be a strong woman. And she checks him a couple times in the movie and went, okay, girl, like, fair enough. Like, you, go, go ahead. Like, I, I I love their chemistry. And the fight scenes are just, mwah. You want to talk about just something being so freaking good. And somehow, and I, and I will say this. I think it's better than the first Creed. I actually like this more than I like the first Creed, which is saying something. Yeah, saying a lot. And the fact that they switched directors. This isn't Ryan Coogler. Coogler is only a producer on this. This is Stephen Capel Jr. And I did not, and you, you said it in the review, man. You didn't notice the difference? I, I, I didn't notice the difference. I went, how the hell is this two different people? Like, the, it was insane how good... This was directed, and the uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren was great in this. I was like, oh, shit, Dolph Lundgren. Hell yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, the, the the actual boxer who's in this, uh, I'm going to butcher your name, sir. I'm sorry. Please don't hurt me. Uh, Florian Matteo. Uh, Matteo? Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, as a Victor Drago. Good God, that man is like a tank. I was terrified whenever he was on screen. I was like, oh my God, to take a punch from him? And Michael B. Jordan apparently did his own stunts. I was like, good grief, just taking a punch from that giant man like hurts me for you. So yeah, love Creed 2. That's my number five. My number four, I think is one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen. It's Won't You Be My Neighbor. I So I will say... In the very politically charged climate that we are currently in right now, it was really good to see something that's just pure, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I I don't know, for those of you who've watched um, uh, Leaving Neverland, which I have not watched yet, so uh, no spoilers, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but it was really good to hear that Mr. Rogers just wasn't a goon or, you know, like drowned cats or whatever fucking terrible things that... We'll hear about my next favorite celebrity. I, I It was just good to see something about a guy who cared about people, wanted to bring people together, wanted to educate people, and used TV as the tool 
that, uh, especially public access, that I really think it was initially intended to be before, you know, it, it turned into <laughs> what it is. You know, it, it's really interesting if you go back and watch old Mr. Rogers Neighborhood episodes, which I definitely have. They're on uh, they're on Amazon Prime. Um, it's an incredibly important show. I remember watching uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood and reading Rainbow back to back. And that really, as a kid, was so important for me. And, and people kind of laugh when I say that. Mr. Rogers was my shit back in the day. And Mr. Rogers was a very important part of my life. I remember when he died, I was like, oh, fucking A. And, you know, I mentioned this, um, we haven't reviewed it yet, we need to, but, um, again, it's maybe the most upset I've been all last year when there was that Fox News art, uh, that Fox News story about how Mr. Rogers set up this generation to fail. It's like, wow, as if I couldn't fucking hate Fox News enough, like, uh, even more. Um, Mr. Rogers was an incredible person, and we could use some more Mr. Rogers just in general right now. I would really encourage kids who are, you know, 2021, 20, who I would not expect you to remember, Mr. Rogers, but you should go back and watch that show. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. It's an amazing show. And above all else, it's positive. And again, we could really use some positivity right now. So that's my number four. Uh, my number three is the movie I believe should have won uh, Best Picture uh, at the Oscars. It is Black Klansman. Uh, my number three, Spike Lee has created the best film he's ever made. But Hunter, what about Malcolm X? Let me say it again. Spike Lee has created the best film he's ever fucking made. Um, uh, you look at Topher Grace as, da as uh, uh, David Duke. Uh, uh, David Duke, right? Not, not, that sounds uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dave Duke. I, I, it is Dave Duke because I always said David Dunn. I was like, no, that's unbreakable. Oh no, it's, it's definitely Duke. <laughs> yeah, Dave Duke. But Topher Grace, man, what a performer! Like, it, I was, I understood why everyone got their Oscar nominations. I really wish they could have expanded the field one more for Best Supporting Actor because Topher Grace deserved a nomination for playing David Duke. He was amazing in the movie. Uh, John David Washington, uh, Denzel's kid. What? You're you're a great actor like your dad. Why am I surprised by this? Um, just the, the movie is so well shot. Um, music is used so well to enhance certain scenes to make you upset about other scenes. The score is absolutely incredible. Uh, seeing Adam Driver, dude. I, I know some people give him shit for Kylo Ren. I think he's doing the best with some subpar material at points. Just throwing that out there, but. Adam Driver was great in this. And between this and Logan Lucky, he's he's had a really good couple years. I mean, I'm taking Star Wars out of it. I, I thought Adam Driver was just uh, was fantastic in it. And the action in the movie is shot so well. The dialogue is freaking witty, and it's it snaps with how good it is. And an ending that I... <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. If you have me on Facebook, you probably remember I posted this. I posted, basically, if you're a Trump supporter, you're really going to hate the end of this movie. And one of my 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 Facebook adversary, uh, Bill, was like, I, I'm a Trump supporter. I think I'll like the end of it. And I was like, I promise you won't. And, <laughs> like, the end of this is, it's, whoo, it's spicy. But Spike Lee made an unapologetically black film that 
express the frustration of not just a lot of people, but most black people, I would say, in America right now, who are just like, fuck. So, I absolutely love Black Klansmen. That is uh, that is my number three. My number two, and Colin, I, I, I want to make sure you're not drinking anything. You're, you're not drinking anything right now, right? No. Because I don't want you to do a spit take from, from this being my number two. Oh, I know what you're uh, going to say. Um, I'm crossing my arms right now because I'm throwing up Wakanda forever. It is Black Panther. That is my number two. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm dude. I'm so curious I, for what your number one is now. I'm going to be honest, dude. I had this locked in at my number one as of maybe a week ago. And I went back and I rewatched the movie that is my number one. I went, fuck, I really do love this movie. Like, and again, I could switch out my top three. Pre, like, I was switching those out pretty much every day. Like, fuck, which one did I like more? Um, Chadwick Boseman, I, I, I mean, Jackie Robinson in 42 uh, played uh, Thurgood Marshall. Chadwick Boseman is one of the best actors we have working right now. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, of course, uh, who, if you haven't seen Us, check out a review of Us. It's pretty great. Uh, she's an amazing actress, and we, we do not deserve Lupita um, at all. She, she's just, um, she's amazing in it. And then you look at Leticia Wright as Shuri, uh, really having a big breakout role. Uh, you know, uh, Stan Lee's cameo in Black Panther. That's one of my favorite cameos he's, he's done. I went, oh, shit, okay. Um, and Michael B. Jordan, man, who I think is the best comic book villain since the Joker as Killmonger. He was terrifying. He was heartless. But in a weird way, you kind of went, well, I get what he's trying to do. He just has a very bad method <laughs> about going about it. And the fact that uh, the fact that uh, Angela, uh, um, oh my God, why am I blanking up? Not An- not Angela, Angela Houston. That's not right. Um, Angela Bassett. There we go. Um, the fact that she's in her sixties, good lord, that woman is just she's beautiful, and just even getting someone at that cachet and that uh, that tear to be in a Marvel film, even in a small role, just just really spoke volumes. Uh, for how big that film was. Um, it's got one of the best soundtracks I've heard ever. Um, it, uh, again, representation is so important for this movie. And just seeing a bunch of black people be uh, be directed by Ryan Coogler, this is what he did instead of Creed II. I think I think he made the, the, the right decision. This did make over a billion dollars. Um this is an incredibly important film. I can't wait for uh, for Black Panther two. Uh, deny uh, uh, Guria as a Koye, of course. Uh, you know her as Michonne from Walking Dead. She's a badass in this. Um, the way that African culture is celebrated, but with mixed with that Afro futurism, um, the movie's incredible. It, it really is an incredible film. Um, but there was just one film I liked more, so. Yeah, that's my number two. Colin, go ahead. You're five two two, sir. Oh, how how good did that feel to just have a nice open platform to talk about how great uh, Black Panther was? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. When people ask me why I like Black Panther, it's like, oh, how much time you got? Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you the short version or the black version. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I I was impressed that uh, you know this top ten um, podcast didn't turn into an hour and a half with like forty minutes of black panther <laughs> oh right thanks <laughs> yeah because i know you could have i could oh easily 
Um, so let me run an idea past you. Um, see if see if this would be cool with you. I'm thinking. I'm so curious about your number one, um, um, and I feel like my number one's going to be a little more anticlimactic. Um, is it cool with you if I just do my five and then we'll save the best for last? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Um, okay, so everybody will be waiting in anticipation of Hunter's number one because what could possibly beat Black Panther? Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I had a Black Panther at my number one as of February. I was like, yeah. all right. Everything oh, else, no, no, wait, it, wait. Do, do, oh. do your number one um, after I do my five. Oh, oh pardon me. Okay, Sorry. That's what it, that, my bad, my bad, my that, bad. That was my idea. So we could end end the podcast with uh, with the bang of what the hell could oh, that be. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I misunderstood <laughs> you. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. And uh, what are we at, everybody? Looks like we're at 51 minutes right now. Very yeah. nice. Hope you've enjoyed every minute so far. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through these with a a nice pace here, so we can kind of get to Hunter. But um, my number five here, this this movie um, was another one that really surprised me. I didn't really have any um, expectations of it ever even making a, a top ten, let alone even being in uh, like the running. But after I watched it, I mean, I was really, really drawn to it. Um, and it may surprise you, but uh, my number five is uh, Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. This was uh, the new movie from Gus Van Sant. Uh, it's starring... I don't really know that title. What's, it's, it, was on, uh, it was actually, I think, bought by Amazon. So it was like an Amazon movie. Um, it's free to watch on Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Gus Van Sant, who did... Um, uh, Goodwill Hunting and Milk with Sean Penn. Uh, he's done yep. lots of uh, pretty highly acclaimed movies. Um, his new one here is a uh, biopic on the um, artist John Callahan, who uh, his life story basically is this: he was a uh, pretty heavy um, substance abuser with alcohol. Um, he was in a terrible accident and basically was uh, paralyzed for the rest of his life. Oh, shit. Yeah, so after he's paralyzed, you know, his alcoholism just gets worse, um, and he falls into this spiral of substance abuse, and woe is me, like, I got dealt the shittiest hand, you know, type of mentality. Um, but what this story really is is how, no matter how dark of a hole, how you know, far you can fall, um, you know, with the right help and the right, you know, attitude, you can, you can overcome anything. So it's a pretty powerful story. I thought, um, it has some dark humor mixed in there, but the, the, the part of the movie that really, um, kind of stayed with me was this, uh, kind, kind of help group, kind of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous type of group, but it was a small group that would meet at someone's house, and that someone was a, a recovering alcoholic played by Jonah Hill. His character, Donnie, who is the leader of this um, discussion group of people trying to, you know, uh, overcome their, their alcoholism. Uh, his character is brilliant. The entire um, group um, is just so fun, the banter between them all, and the way that this movie tackles the issues of 
of um, forgiveness, of redemption, of overcoming adversity, all of those things um, was just really powerful and it really lasted with me. So when I was getting getting time to create this list, I was like, I got I got to put it on there. And, and the more I thought about it, it really kind of started climbing the list. So yeah, that was my number five. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Highly recommend it. Okay, dude. I so I remember seeing that on my on my list. I'm not, I'm gonna actually watch that because your recommendation. I'm curious on that. Uh, yeah, check it out. I think it's a good watch. Um, all right. So uh, number four. Um, so this movie uh, I felt like was very snubbed by uh, lots of people when it came to the Oscars. <laughs> um, so it made me very sad. But uh, <laughs> um, but yes. Uh, the movie is a uh, first man for number four, and uh, it was it was director Damien Chazelle's um, follow up from La La Land, uh, and it it was a, it was a story that um, you know Hunter and I reviewed this, and I can understand uh, where you were coming from, Hunter. Um, I feel like that was the opinion of. Uh, a good amount of mainstream audiences that saw this movie um, in that it is uh, slow. It's, um, you know, a, a, a little bit um, lacking in, in maybe the intense dramatic scenes and um, intense moments um, throughout some of the movie. But uh, this movie was fascinating to me. Um, it really gave me a new respect for our astronauts that originally were um, trying to get to the moon in this uncertain time of the Cold War and <clears throat> everything that was going on um, back in the late 60s. Um, I thought it was a good time capsule movie, um, really something that you could look back on and um, appreciate um, history in a way that, you know, reading something in a book or watching a, you know, kind of a stuffy documentary wouldn't accomplish, but it was still very true to its source material, to its time that it was in, um, to the point where, you know, you, you could really respect um, the time and effort that went into to the care in which uh, went into keeping this as authentic um, as it could be to, to, you know, the history. Um, uh, uh, on, that, op that opening scene is incredible. Yeah, there's. I mean, there are some very incredible scenes that deserved. Um, you know, it did get some technical Oscars. I think it was sound editing, something like that. So it actually won. It, and I was, it's funny. I was going to bring this up. So I remember when they were doing Oscar nominations, and it was best visual effects. People were like, "Oh, dude, Infinity War's a lock," and I was like, "No, I think Best Man's going to win it." So when Best Man won for first Best man. Visual Effects, a uh, First Man, uh, yeah, uh, the First Man, pardon me. When First Man won for Best Visual Effects, I had a bunch of people text me and go, "Dude, I'm sure you're mad." I was like, "No, I thought visually this movie, all the all the technical shit on this is fucking amazing. Yeah, like it it it, it did deserve at least another Oscar because I I thought it was beautifully done. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, and that's that's a good point to bring up. Is that it, you know it it did it didn't get any Oscar nominations as far as like directing, writing, um, acting, anything like that. But they it did get a lot of appreciation from the Academy as far as um, technical stuff went. And um, I think that's just a you know that's just another thing that draws me um, to this movie. 
um, is the technical stuff. Damien Chazelle showed, you know, it's some really impressive camera work um, in, in ways that, um, you know, don't heavily rely on CGI um, kind of taking the forefront of it. Um, so visually, it's a very beautiful movie. Um, but yeah, and Ryan Gosling is basically, uh, you know, I have a giant man crush on him, and I want him to win an Oscar one day, and God damn it, he will one day. Damn it, he, he, he'll, he'll probably win. <laughs> he'll probably win it sooner than Leo won his first one. <laughs> oh God, fair. I don't know. Isn't Edward Norton still like? Isn't he never going to get one at this point? Probably. Oh, yeah, you would thought for American History X, he would have gotten it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I know, I love him. Anyway, um, yeah, so Ryan Gosling, uh, I love you. He's probably the main reason I actually like this movie. So anyway, um, uh, getting to number three. This movie is charming and wonderful and um, just ended up meaning a lot to me by the end of it. But um, The Old Man and the Gun. Dude, yes! Dude, number three is The Old Man and the Gun. I, I love that movie. Yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, you know, there's a lot of reasons to on the surface um, to like about this movie. Um, it's just incredibly charming. Uh, basically, Robert Redford just carries the whole um, movie with his charm. Uh, he, he he's. He, I, I was watching him. I was like, I was like, I feel like he's the only person that I could watch on screen stick some poor woman up at a bank. And at the end of it, he walks out with the money, and I'm just like, you know, he was a nice guy. I like, you know, I could, <laughs> I don't really feel like he committed a crime there. I think he was just yeah. being, a, he was a good dude. He was just being charming, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, but honestly, watching Robert Redford still acting, doing an incredible job, um, you know, he just looks full of life still. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was just like really heartwarming to me. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, he was one of my dad's favorite actors and my dad was never necessarily like the hugest cinephile or anything, but he did, he was, he had a very specific taste and Robert Redford typically was in like all of the movies that he loved. <laughs> like, oh, really? okay. yeah, like, um, whether he was like in those, those old, um, kind of political thrillers or all the president's men or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I do love All the President's Men. Yeah, Sorry. All the President's <laughs> Men is incredible. Um, you know, the natural. Like, I feel I feel like I just, like, have this, um, all these memories of watching Robert Redford, like, on my TV as a kid. So, like, to be watching him now um, in this just really lighthearted, fun, yet, um, you know, pretty dramatic movie... Um, I don't know. I just like, I had a smile on my face. I feel like the whole time I was watching this movie, I was just like, you know what? This was just delightful. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like got car chases and bank robberies and, you know, outwitting the cops and all this fun stuff. And at the end of it, I was just like, you know what? Damn it. I can't think of too many movies that I liked more than that this year. So yeah, it climbed all the way up to number three on my list. Um, okay, so my final two, you already talked about, um, so I'll just add a little bit to each one. But number two, uh, fittingly, is Creed 2. Not, oh my god, that was number two. Dude, I know. Damn, Dude. okay. Yeah, but isn't Creed 2 so good? <laughs> Creed 2, so 
the thing is, sequel Lias is totally a thing. So I was really worried heading into Creed 2. I was like, oh no, oh god. And dude, so I know, sorry, just let me just for a moment here. Yeah, go for it. When uh, Tessa Thompson sings Michael B. Jordan out to the ring, I had goosebumps. I was like, holy shit, it's on, baby. Like, I was I was in my seat, like, get up, Creed, get drunk. Yeah, like, I, dude. Love that scene, man. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, um, okay, when the first Creed came out, I was pretty excited, but I had no idea really what to think because it was, you know, it's like, uh, you know, what, what's it going to be? Obviously, everyone was excited that Ryan Coogler was doing it. Um, yep. He had done Fruitville Station, I think, right before creed correct and approval station was very good and it was also with michael b jordan so he clearly knew how to work well with him um so you knew that creed was going to bring like a new edge to the rocky series and it really did um i don't think i realized how good sylvester stallone was going to be in creed right because like you kind of knew michael b jordan was going to be great because we just saw him and ryan coogler kill it in fruitville station but then all of a sudden i was like oh my god stallone is like so moving and good in this movie um and you just get more of all of that in creed 2 <laughs> like it just continues on but let me tell you when the first trailer dropped and you're watching it and at the very end of that trailer when you see the, the dude yeah dude drago yes when i saw drago i can't even express like the goosebumps <laughs> on my arm were like giant <laughs> oh that's awesome dude yeah i mean i was like Tsh. i think i watched rocky 4 more than any other rocky movie when i was growing really? up really yeah because okay. it was on tbs like every weekend <laughs> Like they That's play, nice. they play, like the movies I watched the most as a kid were probably like Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Jurassic Park, uh, Rocky, but like mostly Rocky Four, <laughs> you know, be, and because all of those were on like te- the Turner networks, and I would just be like, you know, that was like the easiest thing to do on a Saturday. Like if I wasn't playing video games, I'd be like trolling through the movies and see which movies I wanted to check out. That's fair. Um, and yeah, so Rocky Four. I don't know. There's just like this like really funny '80s nostalgia to it as well. Um, but yeah, to have Dolph Lundgren coming back with Ivan Drago, and then he has his son, who's uh, you know the the Russian killer again. Um, the story was just so good, and the fact that it's you know Drago killed Creed's dad. I mean, it was it was the most obvious. Like w- once I saw it was Drago, I was like, "Oh, this is the obvious choice for a sequel." I'm glad they went this route. It's very yeah. smart, um, and it all just plays out super well. Like I don't know, there's something about watching boxing on the big screen. It's just so much better than watching real boxing, <laughs> but it's in- inherently very dramatic because you know, at any moment, an underdog can win by knocking the other dude out. Um, so it always provides for great drama and it did not disappoint. Uh, I don't, yeah. Incredible experience in the theater watching that movie. Okay. So number two. All right. So I'm going to jump right into my number one and then we'll all get to find out finally what movie could possibly beat Black <laughs> Panther for Hunter's number one. Um, yeah. So, uh, my number one 
you have actually already talked about it on your list. Okay. Hmm. Which one? Are you I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you talked about I guess a little bit of um, kind of political stuff that people were angry about um, it winning what it did win at the Academy Awards. But um, for me, oh. this movie, um, you know, I didn't really know anything about who directed it or what, what it was really, other than it was just getting a lot of nominations for the awards. Um, and I went and saw it, and I just had the best time of the year watching this movie all year long. And that movie was Green Book. I absolutely... Damn, number one. I, okay. I loved it. I thought the Academy got it right this year. I loved Green Book. Um, I thought the story was um so wholesome and like when it really came down to it um with Vigo Mortensen's character Tony Lip um and Mahersha Ali's Dr. Donald Shirley I mean I thought these were two classic characters two classic movie characters you know you know I'm going to remember Tony Lip and Dr. Donald Shirley like a decade from now and just think back yeah. on this movie and being like dude that was an absolute classic um, I think I think the story of of understanding and acceptance and loyalty that develops between these two guys um, is is really like it, it, I don't know I, I just thought it was really powerful especially for a time where people are so divisive and and so quick to judge um, I thought the entirety of of this movie of, of these two men being in close quarters with each other that couldn't be more different um, and, and finding um, a true friendship and a true understanding of each other and acceptance. I was like, that's the type of shit. I wish everybody could, you know, really understand um, the person that they're arguing with online and, and saying horrible things to them. Like if you just would understand people and just accept people, um, you know, not to sound cheesy, but like, you know, this world wouldn't be like in a, in a hole of shit right now. <laughs> so, I mean, like, th- I, I thought this was like the most important movie of the year. But um, unfortunately, I guess there was still a lot of negative um, things uh, that was kind of started becoming the forefront of what people were talking about instead of really talking about the movie. Um, and, and to me, that was disappointing. But um, I think whenever you get a movie that wins Oscar best movie, you're going to have a lot of haters. It's just natural. Um, but, yeah, but for true. me, I, you know, I, I, I usually don't typically agree with the academies with, um, what their number one pick is, but this year, um, it just happened to, to overlap. And I had green book being my number one movie, like well before, uh, there was any indication that it was going to win. Um, that's fair. So, so that that's it, man. That was that was my movie. I absolutely adored it. I think Vigo and Mahershala, um, classic duo for for the ages. All right, man. So, my number one film. Um, so, I, as I mentioned, I had Black Panther locked at number one. I was like, yep, nothing's gonna come out. Don't eat, not even worried about Black Panther's number one. People won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. It'll be fine. Until December, and my number one favorite film came out, and I have talked a lot of shit about this company and how they've handled this character, and I was, uh, to, to be completely honest, Colin, this is the word I would use, I was petrified when Sony said, hey, we're going to go ahead and do this, and I went, this is oh, a horrible fucking idea. Now I this, see. 
I was like, this is a horrible fucking idea. You're going to butcher this character. My number one favorite film of this past year is Spider-Man <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. Um, bottom line, dude, it, it, so if, if you'll allow me a, a couple minutes here, when... Miles, so Brian uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's now writing for DC Comics, which is a shame, but um, he's created two of my favorite characters in the history of Marvel Comics. That's uh, Jessica Jones, who's had two two really great scenes on Netflix, and uh, Alias Jessica Jones, which you should read if you haven't, and Miles Morales. He said point blank that he wanted, I want to say it was his son, a son and daughter, I want to say. Um, he wanted them to have a Spider-Man that looked like them, that they could relate to. And I remember the amount of fucking hate mail that Marvel got, and, oh my god, it's pandering, da, 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 da. Like, I remember just the hatred that came Bendis' way. And then, uh, Miles Morales' run as Spider-Man has become one of the most successful runs of a comic book hero for Marvel especially. One of the best critically acclaimed and one of the best, uh, most bought uh, and supported characters in the last decade. Miles Morales is an incredibly important character to me because the first first, uh, character I remember really falling in love with uh, as far as being a a big superhero nerd was Spider-Man. I mean, the X-Men were right there because, you know, they had the Fox show, but there's that original Spider-Man Fox show that I just, I love that show to this day. Um, so when they said, hey, we're doing a Miles, you know, a black, uh, half black, half Hispanic Miles Morales, I went, okay, I'm curious how this is going to work. And Into the Spider-Verse, the animation style is just top notch. They've already greenlit a sequel, thank God, that means I get to see more of this. Um, you mentioned it earlier, Chris Pine as the super handsome, knows what he's doing, uh, <laughs> Peter Parker yeah, slash Spider-Man. Uh, he was great. Jake Johnson playing the the the, the fat, uh, I know how to do this, but I'm really lazy and I don't want to. <laughs> like, playing that Peter Parker what was just hilarious. Uh, Haley Steinfeld did a great job as Gwen Stacy. She was actually in another... Uh, honorable mention for me in uh, or honorable mention for me in a uh, Bumblebee. Uh, Haley Steinfeld was great in that, um, and she's great as Gwen Stacy here. Um, the scene where Miles puts on his version of the Spider-Man uh, outfit. So two 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 quick things on that. One, if you look at the canon, like based on the comics, Miles' costume is basically Peter uh, the original Spider-Man costume, but it's just black and red. Um, the whole graffiti aspect is something that they made specific for the movie, and apparently that's now canon because Marvel loved that decision uh, so much to go ahead and kind of personalize it more to Miles. Um, this is an incredibly important film, and I remember seeing this on a Friday night, uh, the first time I actually saw it three times <laughs> actually in theaters. Um, because I went and saw it opening weekend. Then I took a lay to go see it, and then it was like Tuesday night, Tuesday, and I was like, you know, I'm going to see this again. But the scene where Miles suits up for the first time, and they're playing that song, What's Up Danger, um, it still gets me hyped. It gets me insanely hyped, but the first time I saw it, it just, the and I know it's becoming a joke on the podcast, uh, I was crying so hard, I, I was crying 
to like muffle my cries. I was like, oh god, I'm crying way too hard in this. Um, it's an incredibly well done movie. And then Leap Schreiber as Kingpin, and they make Kingpin look horrifying, by the way. If I was six and I saw Kingpin in this, I'd go, oh, fuck, okay. Um, it's a really funny movie. Uh, John Mulaney as Spider Pig is just one of the funniest fucking things. Like, that was... I love Spider that, Pig. Like, that was such a great surprise, and I'm going to say it, and I know I might be putting bad juju out there. I want a Nicolas Cage Spider-Man Noir movie. I want a full Spider-Man Noir movie, because <laughs> one of my favorite lines all last year is when there's a point where they're trying to get back to their uh, you know their own realities, and Spider-Man Noir goes... I love you all. Uh, I love you all. And I'm taking this, and he holds up this Rubik's cube. He's like, "I don't understand it, but I will." <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, yes. To everything that just happened. Um, Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick. Like, it really did take me back to um, Big Daddy, uh, Kickass Nick Cage. Where I went, "Oh my God, he's so goodness!" Like, I don't give me more Nick Cage. Like, he was great in this, and. I, I believe you mentioned earlier that was uh, Shamik Moore, right? Uh, yeah. Miles. Uh-huh. Yeah, who 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 played Miles? Um he uh he was he was great in the role. I mean, and it really is that classic hero's journey of him getting bit by a spider uh, getting bit by a spider. Um it leads to a lot of hilarious uh, slapstick as far as him going, Oh god, what the fuck am I doing? Um I like to... his dad the cop too. Yeah, his his dad was great. His mom was actually uh, 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 Lieutenant uh, Lagorta from a Dexter, uh, Lauren uh, Valdez. I don't say what last name is. Oh, okay, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, and I thought she was great too. Um, it's it's crazy to see the animation style, how that blends together, and the Stan Lee tribute at the end for the mid credit scene. I just thought was so fucking well done. And that made me cry all over again. I was like, Stan, Stan, we miss you. And I remember when people, and as if I don't have enough to give Stan we just love and credit for. I remember when a lot of people were just freaking out about Miles Morales. And you could make an argument, I think I think it is, I think it's a very easy argument to make, that Spider-Man is Stan Lee's best crea- uh, creation. Him and Jack Kirby, by the way. Um... But Stan Lee said, oh, yeah, I f- totally support Miles being a part of Marvel. Like, I'm excited to see what Bendis does with him. Like, Stan Lee signed off when he really didn't need to. You know, Stan Lee was, you know, chilling He's just home. a good guy. You know? And, and Stan Lee understood that diversity is is something that helps drive comics. I mean, fuck, he helped create Black Panther. I mean, <laughs> like, did you think he'd go, oh, no. Like, you know, Stan Lee understood, you know, how important this was. And... Like I said, the, the Stanley cameo in the movie is great. The mid uh, the mid credits, you know, sort of tribute to Stanley is so well done. And uh, this was a, I, I want to say it was a, I want to say it was Phil Lord who wrote and directed it. I think Miller was a producer on it. I want to say, but it was it, you know this combination. I I, I know Colin. It's funny you bring um you talked about the show before. I've actually gone back and watched some more of The Last Man on Earth. That's a great fucking show. That should have gotten another season. Like, I, I like, like. Will Forte like, is so incredible. Like, like he really he's is. He's just, like, the worst jo- person to be the yeah. last person on Earth. 
Yeah, and Jeremy Jones is really good on there. And I oh, love some Jeremy Jones, but um, and Kristen Shaw, like it's a really great show. And so when you find out Lord Miller did that, it's like, well, yeah, of course they did. And uh, Jason Sudeikis is on there. Um, it's a really great show. And this movie checked every box for me. It had great action scenes. Um, again, the suit up scene. It's one of my. It's in my top three favorite suit up scenes in all comic book movies. That like, song could, they play right then too is dope. Yeah, what's up, danger? It's a fucking amazing. Like I yeah. could not believe how good this all worked. And a very again, this is me nerding the hell out on this because I kind of condensed it on Black Panther. Uh, there's that scene earlier in the movie where Miles is basically wearing like the hand me down Spider Man costume. You know, it's like baggy on him. It doesn't fit at all. And when Miles goes to suit up, Aunt May, one of the first things she says is, oh, here are your web shooters. They fit perfectly. I love that callback so much that he literally grew into the world of Spider-Man. I was like, yep, this movie's fucking wonderful. Um, I, I have so much admiration for this film. Um, now, I will be the first to admit Sony is doing a Morbius movie starring Jared Leto. I am not as confident <laughs> in that movie as I am the Spider-Verse sequel that we're getting, but um, Sony's earned the right to, to, to do another, to take another shot on Spider-Man, just off this movie alone. I actually like this as much as I like Homecoming, um, which I never thought I would say. Like, because I was talking shit about this movie. It's like, oh, whatever, it's gonna suck. It's Sony, but nah, man. Um, they've created a truly brilliant comic book, book film so yeah that's my number one man. well done uh, sony yeah i i, I, God, I can't believe i'm even saying that about comic book film with them but uh yeah yeah man i like i said i had a black panther locked and i was sitting here watching them both i actually went back and i've rewatched both uh films start to finish twice in the last month i was like and yeah, man, Spider Verse. It, it's by it's by a hair. It's by a, a panther claw. But it, but it's just slightly better for me than uh, than Black Panther is. So yeah, man, it's my number one. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I I, I forgot all about that one. But um, we kind of did a similar thing. You had Green Book low on your top ten. It made my number one. And I had Spider Man um, low on my top ten. Made your number one. Uh, funny how that worked out but i i totally um respect it i i think i think it's i think it's awesome spider-man was seriously such a good movie like and it was such a delightful surprise yeah and that's the perfect word for it because i was not expecting i was not expecting it to be uh, i was expecting it to be good maybe not you know not as great as it ended up being and as you mentioned, Mahershala uh, playing uh, uh, Aaron, who ends up being the Prowler, uh, which, fun fact, that's who uh, Donald Glover's character in Homecoming, that's who he becomes. Yeah, that's right. I remember in Home in Homecoming, he's just like, oh yeah, I got a nephew um, around town. He was talking about Miles, right? I, I'm, I, oh my god, I love you so much. For <laughs> like, well, because just, I, re- oh. I saw Homecoming after I saw spider-man to the spider-verse and i think i remember you saying at one point like a long time ago that that's who he was was he was this you know that that miles uncle um and then when he said that line i was like oh shit he's talking about miles morales i love it yeah i just i'm so happy you just brought that up that's made me very happy i'm like uh you're just 
You're so nerdy. So I re- yeah. So I mean, like, I guess, I guess we're gonna get um, Donald Glover as the Prowler at some point. Cause that'd be I great. hope so. I pray we be get that because I would love to see that. And there's a scene where uh, Miles is trying to get he he see uh, he goes to visit Uncle Aaron and he uh, sees him in the Prowler costume and that scene is so tense. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, man. And his I, uncle I, I was just... such a good dude at the start of the movie. He like t- he like um, took him in the sewer to go do some graffiti um, to kind of like help him get over some stuff he was going through. He was like being the best uncle, and then you're just like hit you like a ton of bricks. You're like, oh no, he's a sh- he's a bad guy. So I was definitely I was sitting next to some people who because that happens in the comics too. So I was sitting next to people. I was like, oh, I can't wait for them to. And I remember this this guy was with his kids, and he covered he it looked like he tried to cover your ears, but they could still heard that when you get that reveal, the dad just went, "God damn it, Uncle Aaron!" <laughs> I laughed so hard. He was just like, "Oh, like why would you do that to Miles?" Um, but yeah, man, I, I I just I love that movie, man. So if you have not seen it in the Spider Verse for some reason, uh, first off, you should. Uh, secondly. Um, I, honestly, I, I actually have the art book for Into the Spider Verse coming to me tomorrow. I bought that maybe a month ago, and they've been out of stock. So I am stoked to get the art book on that tomorrow. Uh, so that will be my uh, that will be my before bed reading tomorrow. Is uh, <laughs> is looking at pictures. But guys, uh, what are your top ten favorite films? I've read a lot of interesting. Uh, top 10 best of. I've seen some people have Bohemian Rhapsody at number one. Um, I didn't mention this in my honorable mentions. I really enjoyed The Favorite. I enjoyed The Hell. Oh, of I did movie. too. I have that on my honorable mentions too. I thought that movie was great. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it, and I'm not a huge person for historical dramas. Like, they can definitely go up and, uh, like, it, it's usually, I love them or I hate them. It's usually no middle ground. Um, but it kind of filled that darkest hour. Uh, role for me and went okay this is some historical that that's really connecting with me I just couldn't find a spot for it so yeah yeah really enjoyed the favorite, for, but for the record I had Black Klansman and I also had Vice and Can You Ever Forgive Me on my but they didn't quite make it yeah I had a Disobedience uh, which was really great uh, Vice was like number like 13 it was right there um, I won't even lie. I had tag like number fifteen. Dude, <laughs> I want to show you my list right now because I have tag on here. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, I I love tag. I've watched like, tag probably more than any other movie just because like I will just put it on randomly in the background and not really pay attention to it. But there's so many funny scenes you can start watching at any point and you'll right. Laugh. So, so there there's a scene in tag when John Hamm tries to escape his office and throws a chair out at his window. And I haven't laughed that hard. I was laughing for about five minutes after the joke even landed. I was like, oh my god. Like, John Hamm just commits the bit. I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, John Hamm loved this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen Tag, you should watch Tag. I really enjoyed the hell out of Tag. But, um, guys, your top ten. Let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can uh, go ahead and uh, follow us and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow uh, Scott on Twitter, who's going to be making his return here in the next couple weeks. I'm stoked at Nearman the First. You can follow Colin on Twitter at the Real O'Neill. 
and you can like us on, all right, here comes the list. You can follow up, you can go ahead and subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and Podbean, and SoundCloud. I think I said iTunes twice, but that's fine. <laughs> At The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this weekend for Dumbo. Um, I have not decided if I'm going to go see Unplanned or not. I feel like I'll just be angry if I watch that. But Remind me what that one is. That Unplanned is the new like Christian movie from the same people who did God's Not Dead. Oh, like, okay. if, you've, if you've had an abortion, you're a terrible human being. Oh, yeah, oh I, man. Yeah, so I, I, so your reaction is why I'm going like I don't know if I want to see this, but, but yeah, it was probably just better to avoid that. Yeah, I, but I'll be honest, man. No, I feel like no one's gonna review that, and it'll just be a bunch of people going, yeah. If you like, no, women can't have choices. Yeah, like so, I'm kind of like uh, I feel kind of obligated to review it. So. Mm. You know, I I might. I'm, I'm really kind of torn on that because I know Dumbo, at least I'll smile a couple times. I know Unplanned, I'll just be pissed off more than likely the whole time. So, I don't know. We'll see. I might save that till next weekend. Or I might do a like, $5 Tuesday on that. <laughs> just be like, okay. And get in, get Dude, out. the theaters but, are packed here on Tuesdays. It's ridiculous. Are they really? Yeah, Tuesday matinees. It's like you. It's if you don't get there early, you have to sit in the front row. Everybody goes on well, Tuesdays because it's five bucks. It's crazy. Well, my other problem is too. I feel like if I go, if I don't see Unplanned this weekend, I'll probably be pulled by next week. <laughs> anyway, That's a good so, point. So I'm kind of like, oh, I might just have to suck it up and see this on Friday night. Which, again, I'd rather do other things on a Friday night than see fucking Unplanned. But I don't know. So. If if we review that, I'm sorry. If I review that, I'm not gonna make anyone else suffer with me. But uh, if I see that, we'll have a review up next week, and we'll definitely have one for Dumbo. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and subscribe. Let's know what you think. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.